sky. Look! It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Ladies and gentlemen, can I have your attention, please? You are now listening to KBPS Portland, broadcasting as KPSU, 14.50 a.m. in the evenings and weekends, 9.8.1 FM on the Portland State University campus and via the interwebatron at KPSU, period, O. Blasphemous Radio Theater presents The Adventures of Superman. Brought to you in part by Kellogg's Pep. Say, gang, you ever notice how a really good breakfast seems to help you start the day feeling swell? Well, that's just what's likely to happen when you treat yourself to a big bowl full of super delicious Kellogg's Pep for breakfast. Served up with plenty of milk and your favorite fruit. You know, those crisp golden whole wheat flakes tastes a doggone good that you'll probably be right back for a second helping after you finish the first. And that's a good idea, by the way, because Pep's mighty good for you as well as grand tasting. But that's only half the story. There's an exciting prize right inside every single Pep package. It's a colored cardboard plane model that's mighty easy to put together. Now, there are 14 different models you can get all together. And every model has a list of valuable pointers about that particular plane printed right on the back. What's more, you don't have to send in a single penny for these nifty models. Not even a box stop. There's a plane in every pet package. Gang, be sure your mother gets you a package of pet tomorrow. And remember the name, Pep, P-E-P. Pep is made by Kellogg's in Battle Creek. Audience participation at 503-725-5945. Call today. Last time on The Adventures of Superman. After arriving on the planet Earth, adopting the name Clark Kent, getting a job at the Daily Planet, and defeating both the wolf and his employer, the Yellow Mask, Superman becomes wrapped up in more train-related mysteries involving the North Star Mining Company. In Fire in the Sterling Tower, news of a woman trapped in a burning building leads to Clark investigating a possible arson case started in the North Star Mining Company office, accompanied by Daily Planet photographer Mike. After they arrive on the scene, Clark decides to waste time talking to the firemen first, then calls Perry White to announce his arrival, then waits for the trapped woman to try and jump herself before changing into Superman and attempts to save her. While narrating his every move, Superman manages to get the girl out of the building and changes back to Clark Kent just in time. As everyone present gathers around the traumatized victim, she begins to mutter about stopping and catching them. Then, in the stabbing of June Anderson, the woman is transported to a local hospital. While, elsewhere, Bartley Pemberton and Joseph Deneen speed out of town in a black car, listening to the radio for news of the Sterling Tower fire. When they find out that the woman survived the fire, they turn around and head to the hospital, disguised as a cousin and an uncle. By merely sitting in the waiting room, Clark manages to get an orderly to tell him that the girl mentioned two men in a black car. How she knew about this is unclear. Clark leaves the hospital and somehow makes the deduction that it must be Bartley and Joseph themselves, even though he has no evidence to support this, and, in his attempts to find them as Superman, misses their arrival at the hospital. Instead, Superman harasses two police officers in a black car, only to flee the scene quickly when he realizes his mistake. He returns as Clark to be greeted by questions about his preferred temperature and the knowledge that two visiting relatives tried to stab the woman. In reaction to this, Clark calls a drunk clerk at the Daily Planet to fill him in about recent events. And in the North Star Mining Company, it turns out that the woman, all this time named June Anderson, was actually not that badly injured and is completely well enough to tell Clark Kent about how she had documented proof 
that Bartley and Joseph had sold stock in a gold mine that doesn't exist, but had given this proof to her brother, a steamship captain. After hearing this, Clark leaves the hospital as Superman to see if he can find out where Bartley and Joseph might be, but quickly gives up and goes back to the Daily Planet. Bartley, disguised as Dr. Ambrose, a supposed investor in the North Star Mining Company, decides to go to the Daily Planet to get the lowdown. While talking to Clark, Perry White decides to give away the entire case, explaining that June's brother is on a ship called the Madison, running south from Metropolis to Charleston. Perry only becomes suspicious of this after the doctor leaves, but Clark is distracted and instead returns to the hospital, where June spells out what exactly is going on and that the doctor was in fact Bartley. Clark sets out as Superman to stop Bartley and Joseph from boarding the Madison and recovering the documents. What will happen next? Find out now. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Mysterious visitor from another world who has appeared on Earth as the champion of the weak and the oppressed. When we last saw Superman in his character of Clark Kent, news reporter for the Daily Planet, he had just learned that the two swindlers, Bartley Pemberton and Joseph Deneen, were heading south in a high-speed cruiser in order to catch up with the freight steamer Madison on her way to Charleston. As our story continues today, Superman is winging his way down the coast, straining his eyes for the first glimpse of the powerboat or the freighter. But Pemberton and Deneen have caught up with the Madison. Four sharp blasts of their whistle, red rockets, distress signals, and the freighter is motionless in the black water, waiting for the smaller boat to come alongside. On the deck of the cruiser, Bartley Pemberton gives a last quick order to the man at the wheel. Listen. Pay attention, sailor. Okay, Captain. Take it fast, Bart. We're dropping a ladder over the side. Head her in there, sailor. And get this. I'm listening. We're going on board that freighter to get something, you understand? If we don't get it, there may be trouble. Big trouble. So what? So stick around to pick us up. We'll want to make a fast getaway, so stay close. Ready to beat it. Get set, Pod. What do we do now? Stand by to grab that ladder, Joe. All right, sailor. Ahoy on that cruiser. We're waiting for you. Don't worry. You won't wait long. Go ahead, sailor. Edge in toward that ladder. All right, Mr. Burns. Hold on to a dead slow bell. We see what's wrong with those fellows. Aye, aye, Captain Anderson. Ahoy down there. What about the cruiser? What's wrong with her? Captain, sir, two men are coming up the ladder. They want to see you. They want to see me? Ask them what they mean by sounding distress signals. Well, there they are, Captain. Coming over the rail now. What do you want done with them? They better have a mighty good reason for stopping us, Mr. Burns. If they haven't, I'll put them in irons. Ahoy there. Bring those two men up to my cabin. Anybody else coming aboard? No, sir. They say that's all. Mr. Burns, hold us steady. Steady, she is, sir. Keep an eye on the weather, Mr. Burns. It's thickening up. Very good, sir. Sound your foghorn while we're hove to. Have Mr. Olson bring those men to my cabin. And a few moments later, Pemberton and Deneen are ushered to Captain Anderson's cabin. Come in. Here they are, sir. The two men off the cruiser. Come in, gentlemen. Oh, Captain. Am I addressing Captain Vincent Anderson? Yes, sir, you are. Captain, my friend and I have followed your ship, the Madison, all the way down the coast, hoping to catch up with you. You know you stopped a vessel on government service? Government service? I thought this was a freighter, a tramp. Thank you for your description of us, sir. As it happens, we're carrying munitions. Munitions? Well, isn't that a bit dangerous, Captain? Don't worry. Transporting gun cotton and TNT isn't half as dangerous as giving false signals of distress, as you'll find out. Just let us explain, Captain. Captain Anderson, we've been sent by your sister, Jewel. Before you sailed, she gave you a certain package of papers, didn't she? Sealed in oilskin? What of it? Are they not safe there in the wall? What business is it of yours? Your sister told us to get them. So if it isn't too much trouble, Captain... One moment, mister. I suppose my sister gave you written instructions. Uh, a letter? Well? No, as a matter of fact, she didn't. She didn't have time. Oh, she didn't have time. Well, I'm sorry, gentlemen, but I don't believe you. No, look here, Captain. I say I don't believe you. If this thing was so all-fired important, you'd follow me down the coast, make use of fake distress signals to get me to pick you up. You ought to be able to prove what you say. Listen, Captain, we've got to have those papers. You'll get them when we land at Charleston. 
And I've talked with my sister by phone, but not until then. Is that so, Captain Anderson? Stand where you are, please. Why, you... What do you mean, pulling a gun I on me? I mean business, Captain. Keep your hands up. All right, Joe. Get after that safe. You'll land in prison for this. Quiet, please. Well, what about it, Joe? Nothing doing, Pat. Have to blow it. Didn't he say there was soup in the hold? That's right. Carrying munitions, aren't you, Captain? Show us how to get to the hold. Find out for yourself. I said take us to the hold, Captain. I'm not fooling. Open the door, Joe. Now, listen to me, Captain Anderson. You're going to take us down along the deck and into the hold. No, I'll be shot if I will. You'll be shot if you don't. We've come a long way, Captain, and done a good deal to make sure of those papers, and we won't stop now. Not even at murder. Get going. Go on. Keep moving. I'm right behind you, Captain, with this pistol in my pocket. If we meet any of your crew, keep quiet. All right, now move. Out of the captain's cabin, along the deck, and into the echoing stillness of the hold. All right, Mr. Jewel Masley. Just sit down now and take it easy, Captain, while Mr. Deneen makes you comfortable. Time out, Joe. What are you going to do, Bart? Carry some stuff back up to the cabin and blow the same? Oh, no, it takes much time. As long as those papers are destroyed, as long as they're lost, we're all right. But if you don't get them out of the safe... They'll remain in the safe, and the safe will remain on the ship, and the ship will be blown to pieces. Oh, no. What do you mean to do, you murdering pirate? What I mean to do, Captain Anderson, is to remove every trace of you and your ship. Why, you'd never dare. You're out of your mind. You're a free man, then. Help! Help! Go on, it's all. Help! Get out of here! Help! Just shoot them, Bob. Ah, it's too noisy. They might hear us. Listen, are we really going to blow up the whole boat? Why not? Quick, we'll set a fire right down here. Far enough off to give us time to get away ourselves. And then we'll beat it. Nobody will ever know. Here, help me break into this case. It's more dangerous. Keep away from fire. And you still all right? All right. Now rip open these sacks. Spread it all around the floor. That's the way. All right, now, now make a little trail over to the door where we came in. Ah, help. Where are you going to build a fire? You started here, we'd be caught ourselves. Oh, dear fool. How's our friend? Out like a light. But he won't stay that way. We won't have to five minutes before we need it. All right, now give me a hand. We're going to build a fire. Work fast. A flickering glow in the darkness of the hold. A thin spiral of smoke creeping up the companionway and curling out above the hatch covers on deck. Then sudden alarm, shouting and confusion. <laughs> Wild ringing of alarm bells and frantic orders. Hey, where's the captain? Where's the mate? Jump! Jump! She's full of gunpowder. We haven't got a chance. Fire! There's fire coming up under the hatch. Mr. Burns, what do we do? All the way to starboard boats. There's Captain Anderson. All the way and stand by to abandon ship. Uh, all right. All right, Joe. That just... Listen, Bart. We better be getting out of here. That's a life preserver? Yeah. Look. Look, there's the cruiser cutting through the park. Come on, Joe. Over the rail. Jump for it and swim. Come on. Fire aboard the steamer Madison, loaded with high explosive shells and TNT. Boats go over the side, pull frantically for safety. And meanwhile, high up in the night sky, Superman sees a glow on the sea and heads swiftly downward. What's that? Looks like a fire on the water. And it looks like the Madison, too. Down we go. Down. Down. It is the Madison. He's a fire. And the men have taken to the boats. I'll swing down and make sure they're all right. They won't see me in the fog. Come on. Oh, hold on. Mr. Burns. The captain. Where's Captain Anderson? Oh, hi there, Mr. Olsen. Is the captain in your boat? No, I thought he was with you. With me? He's still on board. We've got to go back. Back? You can't do that, sir. Look at it. She'll go up any second. We can't go back now. Captain's still on board. Have to get him, quick. Down along the hull. If he'd been on deck, they'd have seen him. Must be down below. I'll hang on to this porthole and listen. Clinging to the steep, slippery side of the Madison, Superman's keen hearing picks up sounds inside the hull. Pounding. Someone's pounding inside the hull. No time to go up on deck and down the hatchway. I'll drive my way in from here, through the side. Ah, I wonder why they left the ship, why they didn't fight the fire. There, almost in, once more. Ah. Hey there, who was pounding? Here in the after hold. 
Get me out, quick. Break down the door. There he is. Looks like the captain. Oh, uh, nitro board. Get out. Get out. Here, hold up. You'll be all right. Oh, he's fainted. TNT, huh? No wonder they abandoned ship. Hey, that fire's getting mighty close. Come along, Captain. Good thing you can't see me. You'll be found floating in the water with a life preserver, and nobody'll ever know who saved you. Out we go. Quick! Superman carries the unconscious form of Captain Anderson, wraps him in a life preserver, drops him in the sea near the lifeboats, and streaks again for the doomed ship. Touch and go now. That stuff will explode any second. But I've got to find the safe and get those papers. There's the bridge. Down. Down. Here we are. This is the captain's cabin, all right. And there's the safe. Well, one smash will open that up. And there's the package. Must be. Wrapped in oilskin, Mark June Anderson. Pemberton, this is the time you lose. Now out. Fast. No time for the stairs. Out through the wall. And away. Hey, Mr. Burns. Stop. There's a man bolting in the light preserver. It's the captain. It's Captain Anders. Get him aboard. Quick. Pull him over the side. It is the captain. How's he get out here? Never mind that. Pull. Pull. There goes the ship. We'll never get clear. Pull. Outlined against a sheet of sudden orange flame, the steamer Madison explodes with a crashing roar. Fills the sky with screaming shells. Scatters flaring embers on the face of the sea. Do the boats get clear? What of Pemberton and Deneen? And meanwhile, what will Superman do with the precious oilskin package of papers? And what do the papers reveal? Tune in with us next time and follow the exciting transcription, Superman! of Superman, the steamship Madison, brought to you by Bluff's Hoofmas Radio Theater. Will Superman be able to stop Bartley and Joseph now that he has documented evidence of their wrongdoings? Find out after this. Hi, I'm, I'm the ghost, ghost of Pat and Marita, and you're and listening to Blasphemous Radio, Radio with, with Austin, Austin Rich. Rich. Multnomah well, County's number one square dancer. Ears running. Yeah. Coupon number 17. Ration coupon 17. Are you planning to use your shoe ration coupon to buy white shoes? If so, give them the best of care. Keep them clean with Energine Shoe White. No shoe white can make your shoes look whiter than Energine Shoe White. It's made with the very whitest pigment known. And it spreads so easily, dries so evenly, it gives your shoes the neat, well-kept look they must have to give you the most satisfactory wear. For the best of care for the white shoes you wear, remember Energine Shoe White. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Oregon College of Oriental Medicine providing students with a foundation in acupuncture, Chinese herbal medicine, therapeutic massage, and qi cultivation, as well as a focus on collaboration between Chinese and Western medicine. OCOM's clinics provide care for general wellness and hands-on experience for students, as well as advanced specialty care for patient-facing health challenges. Oregon College of Oriental Medicine hosts admission seminars throughout the year for prospective students to learn more about Chinese medicine, offering an opportunity to meet faculty, staff, students, and explore financial aid options. More information about registration can be obtained by contacting Beth at 503-253-3443, extension 208, or email at ocom.edu. More information can be obtained by visiting www.ocom.edu. Here's your KPSU weekend calendar brought to you by The Jam Session. Here's your KPSU community calendar for the weekend of Saturday, July 11th and Sunday, July 12th, 2009.
at White Eagle on 836 North Russell, the student loan, starting at 4.30 p.m. At the Hawthorne Theater on 1507 Southeast 39th Avenue, across the sun, Swamp Monster, All I Ask, Bring Me Solace, and Indeliable Terror, starting at 8 p.m. Ticket info can be obtained by calling 503-233-7100. At the Doug Fur on 830 East Burnside Street, Girl in a Coma, Miss Daringer, and Roxy Epoxy in the Rebound, starting at 9 p.m. Ticket info can be obtained by calling 503-221-9663. Events for Sunday, June 12th, at the Moon at Sixpence on 2014 Northeast 42nd Avenue, the Foghorn String Band. At Dante's on 1 Southwest 3rd Avenue, the Sinferno Cabaret, starting at 11 p.m. And at the No on 2026 Northeast Alberta, off with their heads, Dear Landlord, Drunken Boat, and Scum Grief, starting at 7 p.m. This has been your KPSU Weekend Calendar. For more information and to submit events, www.kpsu.org. Alka-Seltzer at work earlier in the day. But don't wait now. Take it right away. And next time, remember that Alka-Seltzer is first aid for relief from headaches. Alka-Seltzer is easy to take. Pleasant tasting, too. Here's all you do. Dissolve one or two Alka-Seltzer tablets in a glass of water, then drink it. Since Alka-Seltzer is a solution when you take it, the pain-relieving analgesic sodium acetyl salicylate is ready to go right to work. And say, that fizz that creates thousands of sparkling bubbles gives feed to Alka-Seltzer's relief-giving qualities. Yes, it gets there fast to give fast relief. So remember, 
First aid for relief from headache is Alka-Seltzer. Audience participation at 503-725-5945. Call today. And now, return with us to the next exciting installment of The Adventures of Superman. This time entitled, The Plane to Canyon City. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! When we last saw him, Superman had just rescued Captain Anderson from the steamer Madison and had found the hidden papers in the ship's safe, just as the burning vessel exploded in a sheet of flame and a rain of falling shells. Today our story continues back in the offices of Perry White, city editor of the newspaper on which Superman works as Clark Kent. Captain Anderson has come up from the south after seeing his crew landed safely. And his sister, who is now out of the hospital, has joined him and Kent and Editor White for a discussion of further plans. Captain Anderson is talking. Listen. No, sir, I can't tell you a thing about it. The last thing I remember is beating against the hull with that fire getting closer and closer just beyond the door. But, Captain, how did you escape? Your boat crew picked you up out on the water with a life preserver on. Yes, Vince. How do you explain that? I don't explain it, June. I tell you, I don't understand it at all. What do you think, Mr. Kent? Well, really, Captain Anderson, I... Maybe you were uh, blown out of the ship by the explosion. My men say the explosion came after me. Well, it's just one of those mysteries of the sea. We'll have to let it go at that. Oh, uh, what do you got there, Kent? Why, it's a package a friend of mine in the Coast Guard sent me. Uh, take a look, Miss Anderson. <gasps> Why, Mr. Kent, it's mine. Why, that's it. That's the one June gave me. What? You mean to tell me that's the package of papers that was in the ship's safe? It certainly is. Mr. Kent, where did you get it? Well, I told you. A friend of mine in the Coast Guard found it floating in the water. Well, that shows you what a high explosive will do. Here's a package locked away in a safe. Bang, comes the explosion, and it's found floating around like a... Uh, like a dead fish? Uh, y yes. Well, never mind how it got there. The main thing is, we have it. Miss Anderson, uh, what's in it? I'll show you, Miss White. First of all, letters from Pemberton to a man named Bailey, their representative out west, practically admitting what they're doing. Uh, let me see it. What else? Well, then here's what they said was a map of the North Star Mine, three miles southeast of Canyon City. Well, what else, June? Why was all this business so all-fired important? This letter alone's enough to put them behind the bars. And here's the rest of it. A report from the government assay office saying that the ore from the North Star Mine is absolutely worthless. Well, what, what do you think? And they went on selling stock after that? Yes. That's when I realized they were crooked. Well, Kent, what about it? Any ideas? Where did they live, June? They had a house out in Green Park with a Filipino houseboy, uh, number 23 Durant Street. Mr. Kent, where are you going? I, uh, I don't like the idea of sitting and waiting for things to happen. There may be something out at their house the police haven't found. Uh, who do you think you are, Kent? Sherlock Holmes? Well, you never can tell, Mr. White. Do you mind? No, uh, no, no, of course not. I'm running an information bureau here, not a newspaper. Don't bother about me. Well, I'll just have a quick look around. 23 Durant Street. I'll stay here with June and check over these papers. Good luck, Mr. Kent. Thanks, Miss Anderson. I may need it. Go ahead, Kent. Go ahead. Take all the time you want. But if you do happen to run into a story, just try and remember who you're working for, will you? I won't be long, Mr. White. And if I don't find anything, I'll be right back. So long. Doesn't sound like much. It pays to look around. I'll just drop down into Green Park and have a chat with that Filipino houseboy. He may know more than he's told the police. Here we are. And there's Durant Street. With not a soul in sight. I'll just change back to Clark Kent, reporter, and see who answers the door. Down. Down. Looks deserted, all right. I'll try the bell. Hope somebody answers it. I'd hate to spoil this place by kicking in the door. And I do want to look around inside. Uh, what do you want, please? Oh, gee, you, you surprised me. Uh, can I come in? No. No? Uh, look, I'm from a newspaper, Daily Planet. No. Uh, wait a minute. Now, listen. How long since you've heard from your boss, Mr. Pemberton? No. Well, he evidently means no. Too bad, boy. If you don't want Clark Kent around, let's see how you feel about Superman. Might attract attention if I ruin the door. I'll just jump up on the roof and try the skylight. Here goes. 
And there's the skylight. Or rather, there was the skylight. Now, down the stairs to see what's what. When that houseboy sees me, he's certainly going to be surprised. This looks like somebody's room right here. And there's a desk, if the police have left anything in it. Hey, what'd you do there? How you get in? Oh, don't know me in my other clothes. You get out. Get out quick. Hey, put that gun down. You no go. I shoot. I count three. Make it ten. Make it a hundred. One, two, three. Oh, what's the matter? You no get hit. Come closer and try again. Come a lot closer and you'll see how bullets bounce. <laughs> All right, that's enough. I haven't any time to waste. Here's what happens to little Filipino boys who play with guns. Oh, 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 let go! You let go! Where are your bosses, Pemberton and Dineen? Quick, where are they? I not know! I not know! Don't tell me that. I can see it on your face as plain as day. Where are they? One more chance. Uh, telephone. Who's calling this house on the telephone? Answer it. No. I said answer it. And if it's either of your bosses, just act natural. Oh, please. No go to phone. Uh, they say... Uh, go on. What do they say? They say they kill me. Not over the phone. Get that receiver. Oh. And do just as I tell you. Go on. Hello, please. Hello. Is that you, Sita? Uh, yeah. This is me, boss. Now, listen. Do just as I tell you and do it fast. Okay, boss. Look in the desk in my room, and back of the second drawer, you'll find another drawer. You get that? Yeah, I get it. Now, in that drawer is an envelope with traveler's checks. Get it and put it in the mail. Ask him where he is, quick. Boss, where mail to, please? Address it to John J. Jones... General Delivery, Canyon City, Idaho. You got that? Yeah. That all, please? That's all. Uh, anybody been at the house? Say no. No, boss. Okay. If anybody comes and asks for me, say you don't know a thing. So long, Peter. Ah. Traveling under the name of Jones, is he? And he'll touch at Canyon City, Idaho. Much obliged, Sita. Oh, you hear that? Never mind. But get this. You saw how those bullets bounced off my chest. Yeah, I see. Well, I'm going now. But if you breathe a word about my coming here today, I'll be back. No, 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 I don't tell. That's good. Because if you do, if you ever tell anybody, I'll come back here and bounce you off the sidewalk the way those bullets bounced off me. No, All no. All right. Only be sure you remember it. Now I'm leaving you. Up through that skylight the way I came in. So long, Sita. <laughs> what luck. Canyon City, Idaho. <laughs> I bet I scared that houseboy out of a year's growth. Now back to the paper. You ask me, the North Star mining story is getting hotter every minute. Heading back toward town, Superman streaks through the sky. And presently, in the office of Editor White. Well, Kent, this is the luckiest break I ever heard of. Canyon City, eh? Mr. White, according to the map Miss Anderson showed us, Canyon City is near the North Star Mine. What? You mean they're heading out there to the mine? Why? Well, Chief, I don't know for sure, but I can guess. They don't know about the papers being found. What's that got to do with it? Well, maybe they figure if they can get out there and ruin the mine, you know, wreck it for keeps, nobody will ever be able to prove it wasn't all right. Kent, I'll take a chance. You're free to go where you like. Hire a plane. Get out there. I want you on the spot when those fellows are caught. I'll notify the local police. Oh, Mr. White, don't do that. Why not? Well, they're probably traveling by car. If we leave now by plane, the Andersons and I, we'll get there first. Well, what of it? Well, don't warn the police. Do you want every paper in the country to get that story? But, but, but what if you run into them out there, you and the girl and Anderson? Well, if we do, I can handle it all right. You? Alone? Well, who do you think you are? Superman? Gee, gosh, no, Chief, I... I mean, we'll, we'll be all right. Okay, Kent, okay. Get your money and get going. And good luck. And phone if anything happens. Well, I almost gave myself away that time. Do I think I'm Superman? Well, as a matter of fact, Mr. White, I do. Down to the airport. Into a fast plane with Captain Anderson and his sister June. Over the Alleghenies. Over the Great Basin of the Mississippi. West and still west to the cold, high stillness of the Rockies. When suddenly, unseen disaster comes creeping along the wings, invisible to the passengers in the plane's cabin. Where are we 
now, Mr. Kent? Have you any idea? Well, your brother's the navigator, Miss Anderson. Don't ask a sailor to find his way around up in the air. Besides, it's black as ink outside. I can't see the stars. Oh, we went through a snowstorm a while ago. Still in it. If you want me to make a guess, Miss Anderson, I'd say we're pretty close to Idaho. Getting tired, June? Oh, no. But I'm anxious to see what's going to happen. Well, so am I. Say, what's wrong here? Oh! Oh, what an awful lurch! Threw me right against the wall. Watch it, we're tipping. Hey, something is wrong. Mr. Kent, go out the pilot. I'm frightened. Look, he's opened his door. All right, folks, take it easy. Oh, what's wrong? Ice. Ice on the wings. And one of the ailerons is stuck. I can't work it loose. What? Frozen? How can you fix it? I can't. Ordinarily, I'd go down to warmer air. But the mountain peaks are too high around here. Oh! We're going sideways again, Ben! Look out! Hey, how about this? We're slipping down. Pilot, what do you say? I don't know. We're in a tough spot. Kent, where are you going? Out on the wing. Got to clear that ice off. Hey, watch what you're doing. Mr. Kent, come back. Say, that boy's got nerve. He's out on the wing. You don't just see it. Kent. Kent. Where is he, Ben? Well, he was hanging on that wing and now he's gone. He's gone. High over the wildest and cruelest peaks of the continental divide, while snow whirls about the wings and ice holds the plane in its deadly grip. And what of Clark Kent? What has happened? Did he lose his grip when the wings snapped and go plunging downward through the dark? Tune in with us next time and follow the exciting transcription, Superman! of Superman, the plane to Canyon City. Is Clark Kent alive? Will the ice ever be removed from the wings and thus saving the passengers? Only time and patient listeners will find out. Tune in and follow the story after this. Hey, this is Mean Jesus. You're listening to Blasphemous Radio. Coming soon to a theater near you, films and movies. No. It's true. Yes. And there is no better place to check out motion pictures than at Fifth Avenue Cinema. Fifth Avenue Cinema is Oregon's only operating college cinema, showing films on 35mm and specializing in cult movies, foreign films, the occasional blockbuster, and is also host to special events. Cut. Action. Fifth Avenue Cinema is located at 510 Southwest Hall Street. To find out what we'll be showing, you can either go to fifthavenuecinema.groups.pdx.edu, you can email film at pdx.edu, or call 503-725-3551. Or just show up and be surprised. Oh my goodness. Showtimes are always Friday and Saturday at 7 and 9.30 p.m., and a matinee on Sunday at 3 p.m. Fifth Avenue Cinema. Cut! You're fired. Oh. Hello, Trippers, the Psychedelic Renaissance with your host, Cosmic Jim. <laughs> An exploration into the hidden corners of rock and roll history. Only the finest and rarest records for your musical appreciation. Saturday nights from 8 to 9 on KPSU 1450 AM. Acid Rock, Acid Folk, Private Pressings, Garage, and Pure Psychedelic Treasures from the Golden Era of Hippie Rock. Have you ever had the desire to express your artistic endeavors in front of other people but have trouble finding a venue to accommodate? Well, Portland State Professional Sound is presenting open mic nights at the Food for Thought Cafe. And by open mic, they mean music, poetry, stand-up, sketch comedy, anything goes. Even that weird vogue miming thing that you do in the mirror at home when you think no one's watching, that's all right, too. So you can come do what you do in front of other people doing what they do and see what happens. Open mic nights take place at the Food for Thought Cafe every Tuesday, 7 to 10 p.m., and it's located at 1825 Southwest Broadway. Open mic night at the Food for Thought Cafe.
shaving proposition beats this. Listen. There's one buck cash says Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. Yes, one buck cash says this is it for the clean, smooth, comfortable shaves you've always wanted. And here's why. Because it's light and fine textured, Colgate Brushless completely surrounds, softens, and supports each bristle better than greasy, heavy creams. There's no matting down. There is no clogging. Your razor doesn't skid or skip when you use Colgate Brushless. Instead, it cuts through clean and smooth. Try Colgate Brushless. See how it does away with razor scrape and soreness. Discover how slick and smooth and downright comfortable it makes your shave. Get a large or giant-sized tube or jar of Colgate Brushless Shaving Cream. If one week's use doesn't win you completely, just send me back the carton top and we'll mail you your dollar. Address, Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey. Remember, there's one buck cash as Colgate Brushless wins you in a flash. Audience participation at 503-725-5945. Call today. And now, return with us to The Adventures of Superman. This one entitled, Left to be Killed. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. And now, Superman. When we saw him last, Clark Kent was out on the wing of an airplane, trying to free it of a deadly coating of ice which was sending the ship to certain destruction on the rocky peaks below. The plane was heading westward, carrying Kent and the Andersons toward the North Star Mine, where they hoped to make final contact with the two gold mine swindlers, Pemberton and Deneen. Fearfully, the group in the cabin watched Kent crawl out through the dark and the snow. Then a scream from June Anderson. The plane took a sudden sickening plunge, and Clark Kent vanished. Listen. He's gone! He's gone! June, stop that! I Pilot, do something quick. Hang on. We're going into a tailspin. Let's not be down. Goodbye, Clark Kemp. For the next few minutes, it's up to Superman. That plane is out of control, falling fast. We've got to get under it. Foot below us. Looks like the worst part of the Rocky Mountains. Not much time. Here goes. Shut off that motor. It's just pulling us down fast. Oh, no. It's our only chance. How high up are we? A thousand feet to go. Less than that. Five hundred. Oh! We have something. It's moving down. We're slowing. We're leveling off. What's happening? I don't know. We're stopping right in the dead. Look. Look, we stopped. We stopped moving. Oh, what is it? I think I'm going mad. It's not possible. I, I can't believe it. Say, was anybody hurt? Mr. Kent. Kent, we thought you were gone. Me? Gosh, no, Captain Anderson. I just hung on by an eyelash until... Oh, say, pilot, that, that was the neatest landing I ever saw. Congratulations. Why, why Kent, I didn't... What do you mean? Why, you set her down like a feather in the only level spot for miles. Well, so long, folks. Make yourselves comfortable. Mr. Kent, where are you going? To get help or borrow a car. I see lights down the valley away. You ask me, we're mighty close to where we want to be. Meanwhile, in the light of a flickering oil lamp far down in the cold, damp galleries of the North Star Mine, Pemberton and Deneen raised their heads to listen. Hey, put that in the box. I hear something. Here, someone's coming. Tell us the light. Look, he's got a light himself. It's big. Oh, all right. Light up again. This way, Bailey. Say, uh, is the stuff you sent me into town to get? And I brought back something else, too. What is it? No, it's, it's a guy who just blew in looking for a car. And he's looking for the North Star Mine, too. What? Who is he? Don't know, Chief. But he got here in a plane with two other guys and a girl. A plane? Yeah. Cracked up just out of town. So this guy come looking for a car to bring the others back in. He wears glasses and talks like an Easterner. Where's glasses? Listen, now, but it's that reporter. Clark Kent. Who else? Where is he now, Billy? Really? Well, by this time, he's probably on his way right here. He's had plenty of time. Why? What do we do? Yeah. Here's what we'll do. It's our chance to get that Anderson girl for keeps. Bailey, you'll go back and meet them on the road. Just as they get here. Okay, Chief. Then what? Let me think. Wait a minute. I have it. You tell Kent he's the one with the glasses, see, that you're the ship. And you've been chasing him ever since he left town. Chasing him? What for? Now, get this. You say his editor's been calling him on the phone from back east. 
wants to speak to him right away. And you take him to town with you. But what about the others? Leave them here. Joe, you and I will handle the girl, whatever else there is. Have you got that, Barry? Uh, listen, what do I do with this guy? Can't you guess? We can make sure it's quiet. And complete. Okay, I'd better hurry. They'll be here in a minute. All right, come on, Joe. Run for the elevator. We'll go up on top and wait. Come on, make it fast. You folks named Clark Kent? Uh, why, yes. I'm Clark Kent. Boy, am I lucky. I'm the sheriff here, Mr. Kent. Oh? You're wanted back in town on the telephone. Tell the name White. Gosh, I wonder what's on his mind. I think you'd better go, Mr. Kent. It, it might be important. Might be. It is. If he telephoned 2,000 miles. Look, I'll run you back in my car if the other folks want to stay here. Well, are we anywhere near the North Star Mine, Sheriff? Just about falling right into it. Go ahead, Kent. June and I will be safe enough. In case Pemmel and Deneen show up, I'll handle them. Oh, come along if you're coming, young fella. That guy on the phone, Sheriff, was in a powerful sweat. Jump right in here with me. All right. I won't be long, Miss Anderson. Better stay by the car, Captain. Now, what do you say we build a fire, June? Light up the scenery a little. All right. I'll look around for some wood. Wait. What's the matter? There in the dark. I thought I saw something move. Now! Let me go! Hey, what is this? I got him. The sailor's out like a lark. Me to it, Joe. This is the best thing that could have happened. You think Kent hurt us, Bart? No, not a chance. And anyway, Bailey's taking care of him. All right, drag her back to the elevator. When this mine blows up, Joe, in less than ten minutes, every bit of evidence against us will blow up with it. Come on. Say, what about this, Sheriff? We've been traveling quite a while. Don't you worry. Where's the town? Where are we going? We ain't going. We're stopping right here. Hey, what's the idea? Get out, Kent. Go on, move. But I don't want to get out. Where's the telephone? Say, what's the idea of that gun? What's the idea of meddling into our affairs? Your affairs? Never mind. You sure won't meddle long. I'm going to fix you while Pemberton and Deneen fix their mothers. Now stand up and take it. Watch what you're doing. No use trying to run. I see you. And I never miss. Got him. Just like that. That's what you think, Sheriff. See how you like this. Hey! Hey, what the... Get back away! I'm somebody who's come to give you a lesson in manners. That'll take care of your car, and this will take care of you. Leaping high in the air, Superman streaks for the entrance of the mine and drops into the inky blackness of the shaft. Miss Anderson! Miss Anderson! Where are you? What's that? I hear something. I hear them talking. Pemberton and Deneen. Right through the galleries of the mine. That's where they are. They're going to blow it up. No time to find the entrance. I'll just drive straight to it through the solid rock. Here goes. Now then, Miss Anderson, this is the last time you'll interfere with the affairs of the North Star Mining Company. Better get moving, Bart. Let me go! Let me go! Don't waste your voice, Miss Anderson. Come on, Bart. Less than two minutes to go. We gotta grab that elevator and blow. Goodbye, Miss Anderson. In two minutes, you and the entire North Star mine will vanish in spoken flame. With all the evidence against Joseph Deneen and Bartley Pemberton. Bart, will you hurry? You want us to get blown up too? Au revoir, Miss Anderson. All right, Joe. Quick, run for the other hand.
sure you're all right, Miss Anderson? Mr. Kent, I tell you, I saw him. He carried me out of that gallery and up the shaft, right up to where you found me. A tremendous man in a blue costume with a flowing red cape. A superman. Oh, now, Miss Anderson, now, now just, just take it easy. Uh, here comes your brother. Look who he's got with him, Pemberton and Denise. What? Uh, now then, you swap. That's all I want from you. I've got you and I got you good. Two cents, I'll give you some more. Now stand still, you two. Look. Look what I found after the explosion, right near where the shaft was. It's just broken rock. Old rusty bits of rock. Miss Anderson, that's gold. 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 Yes, it is. Pure gold. Here, look. Look at these nuggets. And I saw the vein, too. The explosion opened it up. Well, what do you think of that, Miss Anderson? You mean... You mean the mine is good, after all? It is now. And all the people who put their money into it, the poor old women that Pemberton thought he'd swindled, well, they'll get it back. And more. Let me see that. Stand back, you... Mr. Kent, I can't believe it. Where are you going? There's another prisoner out there somewhere. He called himself a sheriff. I'm going to pick him up, and then I'm going to phone my paper about that Superman you saw. The best story of the month, Miss Anderson. So long. Looks as if Clark Kent might have a good deal to explain when he gets back east. When people begin checking up on Superman. But there's another mystery brewing. Another incredible adventure which puts everything else to one side. Be sure you tune in the next installment... And follow the story. Tune in with us next time and follow the exciting transcription, Superman. Up in the sky, look, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. What's in store for Superman now that his identity is public? Will Clark Kent's life change for better or worse? Only patient listeners who tune in next time will find out in The Adventures of Superman. Featuring the amazing talents of Clayton Bud Collier as Superman and Clark Kent. Helen Choate as Lois Lane. Julian Noah as Perry White. And narrated by George Lothar. The Adventures of Superman were written by B.P. Freeman and Jack Johnstone and were directed by Robert and Jessica Maxwell, George Lothar, Alan Duchovny, and Mitchell Grayson. Foley effects created by Jack Keane, Al Benny, Keane Crockett, and John Glennon. The Adventures of Superman, featured on Blasphemous Radio Theater presents a Blasphemous Radio production. For more information, go to your local Interwebatron outlet and check out KPSU period O-R-G. Thanks for listening and... Keep watching the skies. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.
that's going to do it for us this week here on Bless Hoofmas Radio. Another special edition of Bless Hoofmas Radio Theater. We always enjoy that. Uh, stay tuned next week for more music and all sorts of shenanigans brought to you by the lo- normal crew of people here at KPSU. You can also check us out online, Austin Rich at kpsu.org. And don't forget to check out our complete playlists, footnotes, and all sorts of things that tell you all about what you just listened to. Keep up the good work, and we'll see you next time. Be seeing you. Also known as KPSU, Portland's College Radio. Evenings and weekends at 1450 AM citywide. For those lucky few on the PSU campus, we are available at 98.1 FM and taking over the entire planet at kpsu.org.